0: By the way, we've got tickets to give away. We'll do Russell Dickerson tickets. He'll be at Arts, Beats, and Eats this Sunday. Uh, we'll give those away coming up at uh, 2.48. And then we've got some Spartan tickets again. Look, we're giving away all week. Spartan tickets, four tickets to this Friday night's game, 7 o'clock kick, Central Michigan in East Lansing. It's going to be a fun one. So we've got tickets for you. We'll do that at uh, 3.48. Also, we got a, a Big Ten primer. I I you know I am a college football degenerate. I love it. I it's my favorite time of year. And uh if you are a fan as well, we'll give you a, kind of a look into the Big 10 because the things are changing. So we'll we'll talk about that too later on. Um in the meantime, we we did discuss yesterday. The governor came out, had her had her 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 event where she laid out the plans for the remainder of the year and the policies that she wants to see on the table for her to sign. One of the things that she had talked about was paid family, paid medical, up to 12 weeks of it per year. She's also talk, talked about paid child care during her her stint as governor. What she has always seemed to be a little short on is details. You know, you look at what they did in Minnesota, for example, where they adopted the, this type of of paid leave and they had raised taxes. Yes, they had to raise. How do you pay for this if you don't raise taxes? You raise taxes on on the employers, which then trickles down to you're paying more for goods and services. It's the way it is. And so while these these policies are out there and these ideas are out there, we're pretty short on on how we fund them. Well, the idea here is that if taxes go up, if costs and services go up, Michigan is going to see a further decline in our population, one that he already cost us a congressional seat, one that we have seen for years and years, people leaving this state, going elsewhere. We're trying to bring people in and retain, not lose more. Representative Mark Tisdale of Rochester Hills joins us. Uh, And and representative, first of all, it's great to have you. How do we stem this tide? How do we keep people in the state of Michigan instead of seeing them go elsewhere?
1: Well, Good afternoon, Chris. But I—I I was just calling in about the four Spartan tickets. Oh, all right, very no, good. Never mind. Hold I, on. I guess, I guess.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Well, seriously, and we haven't just lost a—a a congressional seat. I think we've lost six congressional seats going back to 1960. Yep. Our population today is the—is the same as it was in 1980. So we're well over a generation. With with zero population growth in the state, and when you look at you know the American Enterprise Institute and United Van Lines still have us as a top ten outflow population state, and when you look at the top ten inflow population states, our our corporate income taxes thirty percent higher than the average of those top ten inflow states. Our electricity costs are 40% higher than the average of those top 10 inflow states. So it's just some of those basic day-in and day-out issues have to be addressed. Because as, I, as I say all the time, we don't have a very competitive average January temperature. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking mm-hmm. to set up a new headquarters, you're looking to recruit people to come into your state and take good-paying jobs, all of those things they, they look at are our 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 education system right now is is ranked near 40th in the country, uh, ba- based on our, our our math and reading results. So so we've got some basic blocking and tackling that needs to be addressed before you look at 100% clean energy. I'm not even sure what that means or how you would achieve it, or or mandating paid leave like adding that expense to small businesses. Uh, part of which will be passed along to their employees. How that makes life easier for for Michigan residents.
0: So then, what's the answer? How do we improve our our electrical grid? How do we improve our reliability? How do we keep people interested and engaged in the state? How do we attract business? What's the What's the answer? What's the plan?
1: Well, one of my concerns over the last couple of years is that we've been our, our utilities, consumers, and DTE. And I, I do not appreciate the position, uh, I, I do not envy the position they're in at all, because they're in a, a, under a lot of pressure to start adding, quote, clean, end quote, uh, energy sources and renewables. But, yeah, first, let's work on and invest in the grid that we have, uh, not prematurely close down reliable generation sources that we have. Um, uh, my my concern is that we've been we've been uh, spending light on on grid stability today, so that we can buy intermittent production sources for tomorrow, and that makes no sense whatsoever. And this idea that somehow or another, you know, she wants she's she talking about 100% clean energy. Well, that that's going to be all wind and solar with no fossil fuel backup. Yeah, what's it mean? Sure. Well, the wind doesn't blow all the time, the sun doesn't shine all the time, and and this idea that wind and solar are clean is is simply untrue. All we're doing is we're exporting our emissions and our toxic waste from the mining and the high temperature uh manufacturing processes. We're simply exporting those to third world countries or or, or emerging economy uh uh, uh countries. Um and patting ourselves on the back because it feels good that we've got that we're taking up uh tens of thousands of acres, hundreds of thousands of acres if if you if you if you, if you I, look at their tar- for I, solar and wind I want to if, take if, you winder. back to
0: something you you said just a moment ago, Mark Tisdale with us, representative out of rochester hills you you, you talked about not envying the utilities um and their yeah. position that they're in because they have to reach a certain level of net you know zero carbon emissions, whatever it is. Do you feel yeah. like their, their eyes are off the ball because they have to meet a certain quota by a certain time as opposed to it, trying to look and troubleshoot and determine what it would take to fix our grid currently?
1: I think their eyes are on the ball that the regulatory authority has put in front of them. Um, and And their eyes are on the opportunity to to, to find and, re- and receive subsidies to meet that regulatory authorities' uh, expectations. You know, um, if you if you read through the Michigan Healthy Climate Plan, which I actually did, DTE um, has committed to eight eight thousand megawatts of solar array um consumers has committed to 10 million you know t- the installation of 10 million uh solar panels and 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 Chris when you look at whenever you whenever you look at these claims they always talk about capacity installed nameplate capacity they never talk about what will actually be produced now nationally solar solar produces on average about 24% of the nameplate capacity in Michigan it's about 19% we rank 42nd in the US in solar irradiance we have an average of about 4 hours a day of peak
0: peak uh, sun. solar
1: production mm-hmm. and we have 72 71 Clear days on average per year.
0: Well, look, so, I, I I think that there is an answer somewhere in the middle. I think you can use all of these tools at your disposal to help bring some of these costs down, and and this is just one aspect. I I, I said it earlier this week. I think you got to look in the mirror, and when you see your warts, when you see the ugly parts, then you can start really determining what needs to be done. Um, Mark Tisdale, thank you so much. Appreciate the time. Good stuff.
1: You're welcome, Chris.
0: Um. All right, we'll take a break. If you want to weigh in on this, 800 859 0957, 800 859 0W chair.